We've been talking about the four strategies that we have as a church. So you guys, somebody yell it out or say it um, so I can hear you. What is the first strategy we talked about? Follow Jesus. Okay. So then what was the second? Connect. Okay. So we talked about follow Jesus and we talked about connect with the church. Um, what I want us to understand as we start talking today, and we're going to talk about the third one, is this. When we follow Jesus and when we connect with the church, the way that God commands us to, right? There's a way to do this that I think is right, and there's a way to do it the way God says to do it. When I do these things, when I follow Jesus the way he tells me to, and when I connect with the church the way he tells me to, there's no way we can keep from growing. It's just a natural byproduct, right? So when we're connecting and when we're following, the natural byproduct that we're going to see in our lives is we are going to grow as disciples of Jesus. There's going to be transformation on us. There's going to be change in us. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning is what that looks like, why that should be important to us, why we should celebrate this and get excited about it. Because ultimately, what I want is I want to grow, Right? I want to grow. I, I look back over my own life, and, and it amazes me to see, and I have, a long, I have a lot of growing to do, but it amazes me to see where God's brought me from. Right? Uh, I remember very vividly how many times that I've walked, like, met people when I was younger. Um, in fact, this is really funny. The first church I ever pastored down in Missouri I went down there to be a, uh, basically a pastor in training, and I had to get approved by the board to be part of that church. And I'll never forget, his name is Richard. He's known me since I was about 15 years old. He knew me you know, from church camp and all these things, and he was the guy that was going to get up and basically pitch to the board why they should vote for me to be part of their church as a pastor in training. And I'll never forget, he gets up, and really, I mean, he's like a grandfather to me. He gets up, and the first thing he says was, he's basically like, I'm just as surprised as you are that he is here, <laughs> but I'm telling you, and then he goes in, and I'm sitting there the whole time like, I appreciate the vote of confidence, right? It's like, but it's awesome when you hear people say, I remember you when, but man, this is what I see now. And, and that's something we should get excited about. We should strive to look back on our lives and say, you know what? I'm different than the person I was yesterday. I'm different than the person I was a month ago. My, my faith has grown over the last year, and this is how. The last 10 years, this is how. We should desire that to see how we have grown. So let's just take a moment and kind of process through some stuff as we think about this. Why should we strive to grow? Well, first is this. Growth brings glory to God. See, here's the thing. I shouldn't desire to grow. You shouldn't desire to grow so that you can pat yourself on the back and say, man, look how awesome I am. See, real growth, real Christian spiritual growth, it brings glory first and foremost to God. And he's the one that should get all the credit. He's the one that should get all of the accolades for our growth. Notice what scripture says. Jesus says, man, Jesus said this. 
why are you smirking, John? I think he's pushing buttons on me. I ain't the only one doing this. Jesus said this, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener, right? He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does not bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Let me explain why I'm, I'm using this to show that it gives God glory. Anybody here good at growing stuff? I can't grow nothing. I mean, I really can't. You got to be talented to make stuff grow. You got to be talented to be able to cultivate and make a garden grow. You got to be talented and you have to have, I mean, it's awesome people that can make flowers look beautiful and, and landscape and all of that kind of stuff. Jesus is saying, listen, my father's the gardener. It's his responsibility to make his garden grow. That's what, that's what he's saying here. Jesus is like, listen, the Father is the one that is making this happen. The Father is the gardener, and he's going to do the work that he has to do to make sure that his people are growing. In fact, he'll go as far as he'll, he'll prune you. He, he will cut stuff out of our lives. He will do active work in us trying to get us to grow, and that when we grow, guess who gets the glory? The gardener. The gardener's the one that gets the glory for the growth. The gardener gets the one, is the one that gets the recognition for the growth. So when we grow as individuals, when we grow as families, when we grow as a church, and I'm not talking numerically, but that is a way that God gets glory. But when we grow as a church in living and following Jesus the way that we're called to, it is not us that gets the glory. It's God that gets the glory. And this is why we should strive to grow so that God, you get the glory. Because my growth shows that you are a good gardener and you're doing something amazing in my life. The other thing I want us to understand as we talk about growth is this. Growth is also expected in us. Not only does it give God glory, we have to understand that growth, growth is expected from us. Notice what scripture says in Hebrews. It says, you have been believers for so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food, for someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Can you kind of hear the frustration of the author here of Hebrews? This is not, he's, this is not, a, he's not being um, supportive. I mean, he's not like, hey, guys, this is great. <laughs> you still need us. He's saying, no, you guys have been doing this for so long, you should be teaching others. He's frustrated. He's frustrated with him. He's like, you aren't making progress like you should be. That's what he's saying to the church here. He's like, you should be further along than this. He's telling them growth is expected. You're not supposed to be baby Christians anymore. In fact, we should be so far along. That's what he's telling the church. You should be so far along that you should be actually teaching others. But instead, we still have to come and teach you the basic things again. And what he's saying here is he's like, we, we just keep spinning our wheels because you're not accepting the responsibility to grow. So when we think about this, when we think about why this is a priority as the church that we grow, it's because growth is expected. 
Growth is expected. It's expected of us that as we mature as Christians that we actually turn around and we start helping others grow up in their faith. And here's what I find very interesting about this. I don't believe that that maturity, Christian maturity, spiritual maturity, is an issue of age. I don't believe that one bit. And what I mean by that is we do not grow as Christians just because we've been in the church for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. You can be in the church for 50 years and still be an infant in the faith. And here's what's awesome about this. You can be a Christian for six months, and you could be a giant in the faith. See, see, this is not an issue of time. This is an issue of submission. This is an issue of obedience. This is an issue of letting God, the gardener, work in your life in such a way that he grows you and matures you. So why am I saying that? Because I grew up a lot, you know, in the church, I grew up a long time with this mentality that... And just, I would see people that had been in the church a lot longer than I had. And for some reason, I had this mentality just because they were in the church longer than I was, they knew more than I did. And, and that's not to downplay people that have been in church for a long time. Please don't hear me on that. That's not what I'm saying. Don't be sitting there like, I know more than, you know. Spiritual maturity is not an issue of time, it's an issue of how much we submit to the working of God in our life to grow. This is one of the things I love so much when you, when you read scripture. Take Paul, for instance. Here's Paul. Man, he, he wasn't one of Jesus' disciples. He didn't follow Jesus for three years. He didn't have that kind of training. Yes, he was a religious leader, and he had a lot of training in scripture and all that. But he wasn't there with Jesus being taught and all this. All of a sudden, he becomes a giant in the church within like a week. Like, he gets saved, and he's off preaching in the synagogue. You know, he didn't sit there and go, well, I better go to, you know, Religious Academy, Jesus Academy for three years so I can get on board with them and be able to be used by them. Man, he just let God work in him, and before you knew it, he was being used by God in awesome and mighty ways. And I just want you to be encouraged by that. That's the same thing that's true for us. Sometimes we look for reasons that we can't be used by God. But God says the complete opposite. He's like, if you would just let me work in you and grow you, I can use you faster than you can even imagine. And I can use you in ways that you can't even imagine if you just let me grow you up. The next thing I want us to understand is not only is it expected, but growth is essential. So if we want to live this Christian life, if we want to be followers of Jesus, we better expect to grow. Because if we don't grow, we're not gonna get, it's not going to work. It is not going to work if we're not growing. Paul says this in Ephesians. He says, So that we may no longer be children tossed back and forth by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are grown up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. So growth is essential for us to be successful. Growth is essential for us as followers of Jesus because if we don't grow up, we're going to be what Paul's talking about there. We're people that are blown back and forth by the waves. You ever feel like that in your faith? You're just knocked around like a rag doll? I mean, I've had those moments. 
where it's just the ups and downs of life, and, and I have moments where I'm scratching my head. I mean, there's been times in my life where I would sit there in my faith because I was still weak in my, you know, my faith and, and kind of where I was at with maturity, and things would happen, and I'd start questioning God. I'd start, do you even care? Do you even love me? Am I even forgiven? And there came a time when God got in there, and he said, David, this is the problem. I need you to grow up. Because every time something bad happens to you, we're going back to the basics all over again. We need to get beyond the basics. And here's what I mean by basics. Every time something bad would happen, I would sit there and go, God, do you even love me? And he's like, really, we're back to that? Don't, haven't I proven to you that I love you? Why are we going back to the basics? Something would happen in life, and I'm saying, God, am I even forgiven from this? I mean, do you even care about me? Have, have you even, and he's like, David, why are we going back to the basics? Get beyond the basics, David. Let's go. Let's go. Grow up. Because I need you to get to the place that when life comes and tries to knock you down, you're not falling back into the, to the beginning stuff again. Because you're not going to be successful, you're not going to be victorious, you're not going to be used the way I want to use you. If every time something bad happens to you, we got to go back and relearn everything again. He's like, I need to get you beyond that. So that you're not like this child that's tossed back and forth by everything that comes along. Every lie that comes your way or every crafty scheme that comes your way, it's not going to have any power over you because you've grown up and you're beyond that. I'll give you an example of how this looks. I like to play tricks on my kids. I've always loved to play tricks on my kids. They're growing up now, right? So now my tricks don't work. You know what happens when I try to play tricks on my kids now? You're a liar. That's what they tell me all the time. You're lying. It's, they've grown up. They've learned like, hey, I don't have to believe this anymore. Hey, dad likes to play tricks. So they've, they've grown beyond this simple, hey, I'm going to fool you with something. Can I just challenge us as, as just Christians for a moment? Think about our lives and our walk with Christ and how often our enemy comes against us with lies. And we might, because of our immaturity and our faith, still get tricked into believing it. And God's sitting there going, would you just let me grow you up? Let me grow you up so you don't fall for this stuff anymore. So that when it comes against you, you can call it what it is. Quit lying to me. I know that's not true. That, that's what God calls from us, is to grow up. Growth is essential. But here's the other thing I want us to understand, and it's still based on this passage of what Paul's saying. It's actually based on the next verse. It's not only essential, it also has to be intentional. Growth as a Christian does not just happen. Right? Growth as a Christian does not just happen. We have to be intentional to be people that actually grow. See, here's the thing. I, I find it intriguing when I see pictures of myself when I was a baby, right? You, you, anybody ever do this? You look at yourself as a baby, it's like, man, was I ever that small? Like, it just kind of blows your mind that you can start. I mean, we do a baby dedication. You can start like this big. But here's the thing. I didn't ha you don't have to do anything to grow up, really. I mean, it just naturally happens. I grow. You grew. I didn't have to choose to grow taller. I just grew taller. Okay? Growth as a Christian does not happen that way. We have to be much more intentional with it. 
Notice what Paul says in continuing this thought in Ephesians. He says, From whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, making the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. What I want us to see there is when Paul says that every part, every uh, piece of the body, or when each part is working properly, right? It's when we are intentional about our growth. So I'll give you, uh, just to kind of put this out here, just for a moment. And we're going to talk a little bit about this here in a moment, about uh, learning and knowledge and all that stuff. But let's just use this as an example. It intrigues me how many people in the world today, in the church today, especially around, you know, in America especially, and, and I'm not meaning to pick on men, but men, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw us out there, because sometimes we're, we're the ones guilty of this, and I feel like I can do this because I'm a guy, and I'm just going to do it anyways. It's intriguing to me how often we as men try to find reasons that we can't study the Bible, Right? Like, we are not, we are not men. Here's the thing. There's a lot of men that are not men of the word whatsoever. And, and we say things like, well, I just don't understand it, or it doesn't make sense to me, or we find all these reasons not to be in the word. And don't get me wrong, ladies, there's, there's ladies that are the same way, but it just seems like I hear this a lot, especially from men. Here's the thing. God is never going to come along and wave a magic wand and make you understand the Bible. He's never going to snap his finger and all of a sudden you're going to get it. Men, we got to be intentional to be men of the word, and we got to get in there and start learning. We got to be, and this is true of ladies too. But we got to be, we got to be, we got to be people that say, "You know what? I'm going to be intentional to grow up, and I'm going to get in the Bible, and I'm going to read it. And even if I don't understand it, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go find some people, and I'm going to ask some questions. I'm going to be intentional about it. I'm going to get around other men that are going to challenge me, and I'm going to get around some other men that can grow me and feed into me, right?" Uh, not only that, here's another thing that the church offers that's amazing, and, and I'm going to challenge us, all of us, men and women, but hear me on this. If, if we need to grow in our knowledge of Scripture, are we using the resources that we have available to us? Like as an example, do we use Right Now Media? Where I can go on there and watch videos to learn Scripture. Like I can, I can do uh, Bible studies on this stuff. And this is something God's really challenged me on, because here's the deal. Netflix is awesome. I waste a lot of time with Netflix. One day God asked me this. He's like, listen, David, you can binge watch on Netflix. Why aren't you binge watching on Right Now Media? I'm like, what? No, you don't binge watch Right Now Media. That's not what that's for, right? But then God's like, no, you got to be intentional to grow up. Here's the other thing I want us to understand about intentionality when it comes to growing up. Growth is not always pleasant either. Honestly, when we grow as Christians, it's not always going to be pleasant. A lot of times, the, the, the best growth we're going to ever have as a Christian is going to be during the hardest, darkest times of our lives. And I want us to understand this because there's many times, remember how I said, Satan wants us to start thinking back to the beginning. So when dark days come, when, when trials come, when, when temptations come, when struggle comes, if we're not growing up, the first thing we think is, God, are you mad at me? What did I do wrong? Instead of being mature and saying, you know what, God, how are you growing me in this? How are you advancing me in this? One of my favorite uh, old-time preachers to read about, it was John Wesley. 
And let me give you a story that's always encouraged me about John Wesley. I am not here in my growth, by the way, so I'm going to say that. But, but he was in a place that just blew my mind. In his journal, John Wesley regularly would have people throw rocks and, and food at him when he would preach. Like, they did not like him because of what he was preaching. And they would, he would go, and they, the mobs would try to stop him from preaching the gospel because they did not want to hear it. And he would regularly have rocks and, like I said, rotten food thrown at him while he would preach. There's a part in his journal where John Wesley goes three days without anybody throwing anything at him. He is preaching, and nobody is trying to kill him. Nobody is trying to hurt him. And this was John Wesley's journal. He literally says after three days, God, have I done something to make you mad? Because nobody is coming against me. Man, that's maturity. That's a person that says, you know what? When the dark stuff comes against me, those are the times when I can grow the most. In fact, when I came to the church this morning, it was dark, it was dreary, and it was pouring down rain, right? I wonder how many of us got up this morning and just, we just kind of feel that depressiveness of the weather. Man, I hate it when it's dark, I hate it when it's rainy, I hate it when it's gloomy. Here was the thought that went through my head as I was driving to the church this morning. Sometimes it is the darkest and gloomiest days that bring the rain that make us grow the most. Put this back to that gardener mentality. If God is the gardener, the Father is the gardener, and we are part of his garden, we need rain to grow. And sometimes it's the dark, gloomy days. They're the days that God brings the most precious rain that we need to be able to grow. And we as Christians need to stop seeing them as a curse and start having the maturity to say, okay, God, how are you growing me through this? How are you maturing me through this? Instead of just saying, God, why are you letting this happen to me? So these are some things we need to understand about growth. So I want to just take a few moments before we're done to then ask the question, what are we to grow in? How are we supposed to grow or in what ways are we supposed to grow? Paul says this to the church in uh, Colossians. He says, so we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. And the while, all the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. So here's real simple, some things from this one verse I want us to see. How are we supposed to grow? What ways are we supposed to grow? First is this. We need to be growing in our knowledge, spiritual wisdom, and understanding. Paul says, we are praying for you. We're asking that God will give you complete knowledge of his will and give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. When we think about this, what I want you to understand is, and this is true for me also, I need to constantly be seeking God in such a way that I want the will of God to invade my entire being, meaning if I want to have complete knowledge of God's will, then I want to grow every day so that his will controls my thoughts, my affections, my purposes, my plans. I want God to invade everything, right? I, we should be people that every day say, God, I want to grow in that. I want to grow in knowing your will so that it, it invades every aspect of who I, who I am. 
And to be able to do that, we need to be people that are willing to reject worldly knowledge, worldly wisdom, and worldly understanding. See, one of the things our enemy wants us to do is he wants us to mix what the world says with what God says and create like this hybrid of what we think. But if I'm truly going to grow as a disciple of Jesus, i got to reject worldly knowledge, worldly wisdom, worldly understanding, and instead I need to seek the knowledge, wisdom, and understanding that comes directly from God. Let me give you an example of what that looks like. One of the things that God's encouraged me with over the last couple of years is this. Whenever I try to have conversations or I'm having conversations, I don't want to be a person that says things like this. Well, I think, or I feel. Don't get me wrong, we all think things, we all feel things, there's nothing wrong with that. Or I don't want to be a person that says so-and-so says, or hey, I read this book and -and so-and-so says. There's nothing wrong with that, but what I want to be is I want to take all of that and I want to become a person that says this, God says. Well, what do you think about that? Well, let me tell you, God says. How do you feel about that? Well, let me tell you how I feel, but God says. You see, there's a difference there doesn't matter what necessarily the world says. All that matters is God says. And, and that's where we need to grow to becoming like this. Now, I want to challenge this just real quick, and then we'll go to the next one with this one thought. Let's go back to studying Scripture just for a moment, because some of us love to study Scripture, and that's awesome. Some of us love to gain knowledge, and that's awesome. But can I challenge us with this one thing? Knowledge does not equate growth. Knowledge does not equate maturity. Here's what I mean by that. Anybody ever watched, like, um, ever, ever just kind of seen videos or stuff? You got the big old bodybuilder dudes, you know, they got all the muscles. They got muscles that I didn't even know existed, you know. You see, you see these guys flexing and they're, all, they're doing all this stuff. Here's the point. You get that guy up on stage or that woman up on stage and they're flexing. They got all these muscles going on. Here's the point. All those muscles in real life application are pointless if they don't know how to use them. You get what I'm saying? Like, you can get up there and flex all you want, but if you don't know how to use those muscles for anything of value, all you're doing is flexing. And here's what I mean by that. We as the church do not need to strive to be people that can flex our spiritual muscles and our knowledge. It doesn't matter how much knowledge in the Bible you have. All that matters is how much of the Bible you live. People don't need to hear us quoting Scripture and showing our vast knowledge of, of all the fancy authors and all this stuff. People need to know that we live it. So that's what it means to grow in the will of God, the knowledge of the will of God. It's just not about memorizing Scripture. It's about knowing Scripture and having it dictate every aspect of our lives. That's what it means to grow in knowledge, spiritual wisdom, and understanding. Which leads to the next thing. We're also called to grow in being set apart. Meaning we need to grow in our holiness. It's one of those fancy big church words, but basically what it means is to grow in being set apart. Paul said that one of the things they're praying is that the way you live will also honor and please the Lord. That's what it means to grow and being set apart. It means as we grow as Christians, we should have the desire to do everything that pleases the Lord. And if it doesn't please the Lord, then we shun it. It has nothing, like, I don't want that in my life. I want no part of that in my life. See, as we grow in holiness, as we grow in being set apart for God, as we grow in our maturity, we should also be growing in our hatred of sin. And that's what I want to challenge you with for a moment this morning. Where are you at? 
Think about this. Where are you at with your hatred of sin? Now, here's the deal. I'm really good at hating the sin in other people because I usually it bugs me or it affects me in some way. But it's a lot different sometimes when I have to start focusing on hating the sin that's in me. Right? Because it's easy for there to be certain sins that, that I like to... Okay, I'll do confession time. I like confession time. So I'm going to be blunt about it. Some of you might be like, oh my goodness, that's horrible. But I don't care because I confess it already, so I'm going to share it with you. Um, so one of the shows that God has told me that I can't watch anymore... It's really bugging me right now, and I'll be blunt about it. It's a horrible show. I'm going to be honest with you. It's a horrible show. Horrible. Horrible. But I got addicted to Game of Thrones. Right? I'm not putting this on anybody else, by the way. So if you watch Game of Thrones, but just hear me. Got addicted to Game of Thrones. My wife would come in and see some of the stuff on Game of Thrones. She'd be like, what are you watching? I'd be like, would you just go, just go to the other room? Like, she was the voice of the Holy Spirit. It's like, just go elsewhere. Like, go elsewhere. Yes, it is not wind calls a heart. Just go, you know. Um, so, so I got addicted to Game of Thrones. Here's the thing. I am still wrestling with this right now. I will be completely honest. I'm wrestling with this because here's the deal. The last season of Game of Thrones comes on in a few days. The last season. See, do you know, I literally am having a wrestle in me right now. I am looking at God and saying, God, I just want to know how it ends right? I just, I've watched it this far. I want to know how it ends. I want to see how the story is done. And then God will say, but yeah, David, but there's a lot of stuff in there that you shouldn't be watching. Yeah, but I can fast forward through that, Lord. I mean, I have all these things that I'm saying, but, but God's challenging him. He's saying, listen, I need you to hate that like I hate that. And I wrestle with that. So I share that with us, like where are we at in growing and being set apart for God? Are there things in our lives that we are purposely protecting and and excusing and holding on to even though we know that it's not what God wants and he hates it? Whether it's unforgiveness, whether it's sin, whether it's the way we treat sex or what we watch or we're living with people, whatever it is. We know God doesn't want that, but we're not growing in our hatred of it. See, when I grow in holiness, I'm not chasing to be a moral, morally superior person. No, I'm chasing after God, and I'm chasing after what pleases him. I'm not chasing after being an able person to say, hey, I'm perfect, and you need to be like me. No, I'm chasing after my Jesus when I chase after holiness, and that's what he calls us to be. The next thing Paul says we need to grow in producing fruit. So he says, after that, he says, if we're living to please the Lord, he says, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. Well, just real quick, what are the, what's the fruit that we should be growing in? Well, it's real simple. It's the fruit of the Spirit, right? Every day I should be growing in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. My question for us is the same question God asked me. Are you growing in that on a daily basis? Is your love growing? Is your patience growing? Is your goodness growing? Is your kindness growing? Is your gentleness growing? We should be growing on a daily basis. This is the fruit that God is pruning in us so that there's more of it. This is the evidence of our growth. And here's the last thing that I see Paul saying we need to grow in. We need to grow in our intimacy. But our intimacy 
Yes, with one another, but most importantly, our intimacy with God. Notice how he ends it. He says, all the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. Church, I just have this last thought. Are you growing in your intimacy with God on a daily basis? Are you getting to know him better and better on a daily basis? Is he becoming more real to you on a daily basis? Is your faith becoming more exciting to you on a daily basis? See, our enemy, he doesn't want to see you follow Jesus. And he really doesn't want to see you connect with the church. But the one thing he really doesn't want to see is you growing. Because if he can keep you as an infant, you're not growing in your intimacy with Jesus. And I'm not talking and knowing about Jesus. I'm talking about knowing Jesus. The way that I've always calculated my own growth is in this. Jesus said this, my sheep will know my voice. If I'm growing in my intimacy with Jesus, that means I'm growing in my, my ability to recognize the voice of my shepherd. And if I'm growing in my ability to recognize the voice of my shepherd, then I'm growing in my intimacy with my shepherd. And I got a long ways to go, don't get me wrong. It's not about arriving, because here's the thing, it's a lifelong process. And this is the encouragement as we end. Lifelong process. Paul says this, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to let you off the hook for a moment. It's God that does the work in us to grow us. It's up to us to submit to him doing that work. I can't grow myself. God grows me. You can't grow yourself. God grows you. May the God himself sanctify me through and through. And notice that it's not going to end until Jesus comes back. That's an awesome thing. Because some of us might be sitting here going like, oh my goodness, I am, I'm failing at this. That's okay. Because you just need to get on track with God by following him, connecting with the church, and then letting him do the work that only he can do. And this is the last encouragement. Philippians says this. And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So once again, it's not my work. It's his work. And what I love about this, he's still working on you. Until the day you leave this earth, he's going to be growing you. Until the day you step out of this life and you stand before the glorified Jesus, you're going to be growing. And it's okay. So it's not about beating yourself up on how much growing you need still to do. It's about just trusting Jesus and saying, Lord, I'm all on board to let you grow me the way you want to. Because you're going to finish the work that you began. So, church, there you go. We're called to follow Jesus, connect with the church. And because of that and through that, we're going to grow. So, as I pray, I'm going to ask the worship team to come up, and they will finish with, us, finish with the final song and worship. As they come, I am going to pray for us. And again, don't forget to get connected with the tables out front uh, before you leave and fellowship with one, one with another. Father God, you are, 
You are so worthy of our worship and of our praise. I, I thank you for the time that we've already had this morning, being able to worship you, to celebrate you, to honor you, to, to announce the truth, Jesus, of what the cross is and, and the fact that you died for us and not just that you died for us, you now live for us, that you are exalted and that there will come a day where you will usher us into eternity. So as we think about that and, and we continue to have this on our hearts and our minds this morning and as we prepare to end with this final time of worship before you, um, let us see for what that is. And this is our season to grow. Or this, you, you have planted us into new life. You, your word says you give us, give us a new heart, that you renew our minds, that you put a new spirit in us. And the, the reason, you, it's like you've replanted us. And now you're saying, now it's time to grow. I'm going to mature you, and I'm going to cultivate you, and I'm going to prune you, and I'm going to do what's necessary to bring Jesus more and more into your daily life. So, Lord, as we worship you and we prepare for this week, let us get excited about this privilege that's before us, this responsibility also that we are called to grow so that Jesus, the life that we live, is no longer our own. Every day, may we strive to die to ourselves, just as the song said, the cross I come to bids me come and die to find that I may truly live. The life that we are called to live is the life of Jesus. This is the life we are called to grow up into. So fill us with your spirit this morning, the encouragement to just embrace that and chase after it and, and, and just be excited and anticipate the growth that is in front of us, Lord, for your glory. Because, Father, you deserve all the glory. We give you praise. We love you. We thank you. Continue to be with your church. In your name we pray. Amen.